uh, and that Allah said to Musa, I've chosen you above men by my messages and my speaking and so on. Some of the proofs here, uh, Al-Imam Ibn Qudayma mentioned concerning the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke and that he speaks and that he will speak uh, whenever he wills, to whomever he wills with whatever speech he wants to speak. Uh, when we said uh, or he mentioned some uh, hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi that one from Abdul ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu when Allah speaks by revelation the people or the inhabitants of the heavens hear his voice this is recorded mawquf or as a saying of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu and it's also reported marfu'an meaning that it is attributed or ascribed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam this evening insha'Allah we would like to continue where we left off at point number 26 and it is a continuation of the previous chapter it is a continuation of the sifa or the characteristic of Allah of Al-Kalam or speaking and here this chapter is entitled Al-Qur'an Kalamullah Al-Imam Ibn Qudam rahimahullah has affirmed through evidences both from the Qur'an and from the Sunnah that one of the characteristics of Allah is that He speaks Allah hears, Allah sees Allah ascends above His throne and descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night uh, Allah is pleased with those who obey him and Allah is angry with those who disobey obey him and so on of the characteristics of Allah is that he speaks and of the speech of Allah is the Quran here Al-Imam Ibn Qudam says in point number 26 وَمِنْ كَلَامِ اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ الْقُرْآنَ الْعَظِيمِ that of the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the great Quran وَهُوَ كِتَابُ اللَّهِ الْمُبِينَ and it is the clear book of Allah the Qur'an is the clear book of Allah وَهَبْلُهُ الْمَتِينَ and it is the strong, his strong rope and that which the believers may hold on to وَسِرَاتُهُ الْمُسْتَقِينَ and it is his straight path the Qur'an is also described as the straight path the path, if someone wants to know the path how to travel on the road or follow the Qur'an وَتَنْزِيلُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ and it is a revelation that is sent down from the Lord of the world all of these are descriptions of the Qur'an Al-Qur'an Al-Azim the great Qur'an Kitabu Allah Al-Mabeen the clear book of Allah وَحَبْلُهُ الْمَتِينَ the strong, his strong rope وَصِرَاتُهُ الْمُسْتَقِينَ his straight path وَتَنْزِيلُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ that which is sent down or revealed from the Lord of the world then Imam, Al-Imam Ibn Qudam rahimahullah says نَزَلَ بِهِ الْرُوحَ الْأَمِينَ that the trustworthy spirit has descended with it يعني, that is Gabriel, the angel Jibreel السلام, descended from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with this revelation of Al-Quran عَلَى قَلْبِ سَيِّدِ الْمُرْسَلِينَ بِلِسَانٍ عَرَبِيًا مُبِينَ مُنَزِّلْ غَيْرَ مَقْلُوقٍ مِنْهُ بَدْعَى وَإِلَيْهِ يَعُودٍ that the angel Jibreel descended from the heavens with this revelation of Qur'an upon the heart of the master, the leader of the messengers in clear 
Arabic language. The Quran is revealed in clear Arabic language. And it is munazzil, or munazzil, ghayra makhluq. It is that which has been sent down, ghayra makhluq, and it is not created. And many of the scholars of Islam say concerning the Quran that of its descriptions is that it is kalamullah ghayr makhluq that we should describe it with these two things without separating them when we say it is the kalam of Allah, the speech of Allah we should also affirm that it is not created we don't accept the idea that it's the speech of Allah and Allah created it it is the speech of Allah and it is not created it is not part of Allah's creation it is his speech, it is one of his characteristics minhu bada'a wa ilayhi ya'ud it began or came forth from him, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it will also return to him in point number 27 Imam Al-Qadamah says concerning the Qur'an, further description of the Qur'an and some of its characteristics وَهُوَ ثُورٌ مُحْكَمَاتٌ it consists of clear and decisive chapters سُور مُحْكَمَاتٌ وَآيَات بَيِّنَاتٌ and clear verses وحروف وكلمات letters and words the Quran consists of surahs, chapters, verses, letters, words this is the breakdown of the parts of Quran من قرأه فأعربه فله بكل حرف عشر حسنات and we'll read the Quran and makes it clear يعني pronounces it clearly and properly then you will have for every letter that he reads or that she reads, you will get ten hasanat, ten good deeds. For every letter, when you recite the Qur'an, for every letter and every word, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you the reward of ten good deeds for each letter. Lahu awwalun wa akhirun, it has a beginning and it has an ending, that is the Qur'an, wa ajza'un wa ab'adun, and it has sections and parts, it is يعني, divided into sections and parts, matloon, it is recited on the tongues it, the Quran, the book of Allah, the speech of Allah it is matlu. it is recited on the tongues of human beings and when we recite the Quran that recitation, it is the speech of Allah the Quran, when we recite the Quran the recitation, it is the speech of Allah it is preserved, protected or memorized in the hearts of human beings that which is memorized by the human beings of Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah. Masmu'un bil adhan, it is heard by the ears. I mean, when someone recites the Qur'an and we hear it with our ears, that which we hear, it is the speech of Allah. Matubun fil masahif, it is written in the books, the masahif, the Qur'an, between the covers of the masahif. That which is written, it is the speech of Allah. Yani here, Imam Ibn Qudam is saying that what we recite, matloo bil alfina, it is the speech of Allah. And what we memorize in our hearts, mahfoob fil sudur, it is the speech of Allah. And what we hear when it is recited, masmoo bil adhan, it is the speech of Allah. And what we write, what has been written of Quran, maktub fil masahif, it is also the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fili muhkam wa mutashabi. Yani it contains some ayats which are clear and decisive which can only be understood in one way and likewise it contains other ayats which are unclear to some people and which might possibly have more than one meaning 
وَنَاسِخٌ وَمَنْسُوخٌ And it also contains verses which abrogate or cancel others. And it contains verses منسوخ which are abrogated or cancelled. يعني there are verses in the Qur'an which abrogate others and there are verses in the Qur'an which are abrogated. وَخَاسٌ وَعَامٌ And it also contains verses which are special or specific dealing with specific areas limiting or specifying certain rules or laws and there are also verses which are عام general which are general يعني including or all inclusive including many things. وَعَمْرٌ وَنَحْيٌ And also it contains verses which have commands and verses which have prohibitions. Here Imam Ibn Qudam mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the Qur'an, Surah Al-Fisalat, chapter 41, verse 42. Concerning the Qur'an, the speech of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَا يَأْتِهِ الْبَاطِلِ مِنْ بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ وَلَا مِنْ خَلْفِهِ That no falsehood can come to it from before it or from behind it. Falsehood cannot approach the Qur'an. تَنْزِيلٌ مِنْ حَكِيمٍ حَمِيدٍ It is a revelation or that which is sent down from the all-wise Hakim and the one who is praiseworthy Hamid. Also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Isra chapter 17 verse 88 قُلْ لَإِنِ اجْتَمَعَتْ وَالْجِنُّ عَلَىٰ يَأْتُوا بِمِثْلِ هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ لَا يَأْتُونَ بِمِثْلِهِ وَلَوْ كَانَ بَعْدُهُمْ لِبَعْضٍ ظَهِيرًا Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that even if the men, the mankind and jinn, if they all came together, collected themselves together with the intention of producing or bringing مثل هذا القرآن that which is similar or equal to this Qur'an if all of the men and jinn came together to bring or to produce something like this Qur'an لا يأتون بمثله they would never be able to produce or to bring anything like it because whatever they bring would be the speech of the creatures and the Qur'an is the speech of Allah سبحانه وتعالى ولو كان بعضهم لبعض ظهيرا even if some of them were helping others or backing up one another in order to produce something similar to the Qur'an they would never be able to do it here the Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen Hafidhullah Mushaq explanation of these points says Al-Qawl Al-Qur'an what do we say about the Qur'an? we say that the noble Qur'an is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is sent down revealed غير مخلوق not created it came from Allah it began from Him and it will return to Him in the end because it is the speech of Allah it is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala its letters as well as its meanings the letters that the Quran is written with or that it was spoken with those letters are the speech of Allah and the meanings that they compose are also the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the proof that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah or from amongst the proofs and the proofs are many from amongst the proofs that the Qur'an is actually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's speech is the saying of Allah in Surah Tawbah chapter 9 verse 6 But if any one of the mushrikeen, the pagans sought asylum or refuge with you, then give them refuge 
يعني give them protection if they came amongst the Muslims and asked for protection give them protection حتى يسمع كلام الله until they hear the speech of Allah what speech of Allah are they going to hear? the Quran this is clear that the Quran is the speech of Allah give them refuge until they hear Allah's message Allah's revelation حتى يسمع كلام الله until they hear the speech of Allah uh, the second proof that the Shaykh mentions is the proof that the Qur'an is منزل that it is sent down that it is something sent down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this is mentioned in Surah Al-Furqan chapter 25 verse 1 تَبَارَكَ الَّذِي نَزَّلَ الْفُرْقَانَ عَلَىٰ عَبْدِهِ blessed is the one who نَزَّلَ الْفُرْقَانَ who sent down who revealed the Furqan Al-Furqan the criterion is one of the names by which the Qur'an is referred to. Blessed is the one who sent down or revealed the Qur'an, that means the Qur'an, ala abdihi, upon his slave, his servant, his messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa The proof that the Qur'an is not created, غير مخلوق, is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-A'raf, chapter 7, verse 54, ala lahu al-khalq wal-amr, isn't it so that for Allah is the khalq, the creation, and the amr, the command? When we the amr, it refers to the Qur'an. Blessed is Allah, the Lord of the world. The proof here that is indicated in this ayah that the Qur'an is not creation is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred to the amr separate from the khalq the creation whatever Allah created is belonging to him it is for him and also there is some other matter for him it is al-amr and in another place in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us to know that uh, the Quran is from the amr of Allah it is from the command of Allah and in this ayat Allah الخلق والأمر isn't it so that for Allah is the creation as well as the command it is clear that the command is separate from the creation the creation is one thing and the command is something else Allah له الخلق the creation والأمر and also the command so that the creation is one thing the command is another thing and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran in Surah Al-Shura chapter 42 verse 52 that which makes us to know that the Quran which he revealed is from the Amr not from the creation Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in this ayah وَكَذَلِكَ أَوْحَيْنَا إِلَيْكَ رُوحًا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا and likewise so also أَوْحَيْنَا we have revealed to you إِلَيْكَ رُوحًا an inspiration or a revelation مِنْ أَمْرِنَا from our command so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes us to know that what he has sent down, what he has revealed to the Prophet sallallahu is an inspiration, a revelation min amrina, yani from his command. So the Qur'an is from the command of Allah and in the previous ayah it's clear that the command is separate from the creation and this is one of the proofs that the Qur'an is from the command of Allah, it is not a creation, it is not something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. Also, another proof of this is in Surah Al-Talaq, chapter 65, verse 5, the saying of Allah That is the Amr of Allah, the command of Allah, He has sent it down or revealed it to you. 
يعني what Allah sent down or revealed it is the amr of Allah meaning the Quran the Quran is the amr of Allah and the amr the command is separate from the creation also of the proofs of the proofs that the Quran is not created is that the speech of Allah is a sifa it is a characteristic of Allah's characteristics it is one of his characteristics speech is a characteristic of Allah and Allah's characteristics are not created Allah's characteristics his descriptions are part of him and nothing of Allah is created nothing of Allah is created also the proof the Shaykh mentions the proof for the saying of Imam Ibn Qadama Minhu Bada'a the proof that the Quran came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that it began from him is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has attributed the speech to himself and speech will not, is not attributed except to the one that it originally came from yani the one who originally spoke those words is the one that you would attribute it to not to the one who passed it on from them if somebody heard a speaker speaking and they recorded what that person said and then repeated those words the words would be attributed to the original speaker not to the one who heard it and passed it on to others and this is the proof that the Quran is the speech of Allah because Allah said it is his speech Hatta yasma kalam Allah he didn't attribute that speech to the angel Jibreel or to anyone else but he attributed himself which means that that speech originally started from him the, the speech that was delivered by the angel Jibreel the revelation which was delivered by the angel Jibreel to the Prophet Sallallahu it originally came from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala himself and that's why he called it his speech Kalam Allah the speech that or the proof that the Qur'an will return to him that the Qur'an in the end would return to Allah just as it began from him it would return to him is that which has been reported in the traditions here the Shaykh mentions a hadith it is أَنَّهُ يُرْفَعُ مِنَ الْمَصَاحِفِ وَالصُّدُورِ فِي آخر الزمان that the Qur'an would be raised up or taken up from the mushaf the written copies of Qur'an and it would also be removed from the chest or the hearts of the people in the last days this hadith actually uh, or that which yani, there is another hadith concerning this matter which is actually more clear and it is that which has been reported from Hudayfa Marfu'an attributed to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that hadith is reported in the Sunan of Ibn Majah and in the Mustadrak of Hakim who said that it is Sahih, it is authentic according to the conditions of Al-Imam Muslim and Al-Imam Al-Zahabi rahimahullah also agreed with Al-Hakim in that uh, judgment or that statement and likewise Shaykh Muhammad Mansabim Al-Albani rahimahullah in his book Simsala Al-Ahadith Al-Sahihah Hadith number 87 he said it is as they have said yani as Al-Imam Hakim and Al-Imam Al-Zahabi said that that hadith is sahih on the condition of Imam Muslim it is the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la yusri aw la yasri ala kitab Allah azza wa jalla fi laylatin fala yabqa fil ardi minhu ayatun yani that it would take place that what would happen to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one night is that it would be taken up fala yabqa fil ardi Minhu ayatun, and not even one ayah, one verse of the Quran would remain in the earth. Yani it would be removed, the, the masahif would be removed, and it would be removed from the hearts of the people in the last days to return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
from where it began. And in the Quran, it is the speech of Allah, it is sent down or revealed from Him, it is not created, it began from Him, and it will return to Him, uh, whether it came as recitation, or we heard it, or we read it, or we write it, all of it is referred to, and it is in reality, the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here, Al-Imam Ibn Qudam says in point number 28, وَهَذَا هُوَ الْكِتَابَ الْعَرَبِي الَّذِي قَالَ فِيهِ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا and this is the Arabic book which the disbelievers said concerning it. The disbelievers speaking about the Quran, that book was revealed in Arabic. The disbelievers said, as, we, as mentioned in the Quran in Surah Al-Sabah, chapter 34, verse 31, لَن نُؤْمِنَا بِهَذَا الْقُرْآنِ The disbelievers said, we will never, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا Those who disbelieved said, لَن نُؤْمِنَا we have the Quran. We will never believe in this Quran. That Quran that they are speaking about, obviously, is the book that was revealed in Arabic language that was presented to them. They said we will never believe in it. It was a book that was revealed and it was presented to them when da'wah was made to them, and those who disbelieved said that we will never believe in it. Some of them said, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran in Surah Al-Mudathir, chapter 74, verse 25, in Hada illa qawlun bashar. But verily this is no more than the speech of human beings, speech of a human being. They said that when the Quran revealed to the Prophet ﷺ that he was getting it from someone, someone was teaching these words to him, and that it was no more than the speech of a human being. It was human speech. That's what they accused him of. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered them by saying, Sa'uslihi Sakar. The one who said such, that the Qur'an is the speech of human beings, while it is in reality the speech of the creator of human beings. Whoever said so, that the Qur'an is the speech of human beings, Allah said that he would cast them into the hellfire. Because what they have said is kufr. They have called the speech of Allah the speech of human beings. Some of the disbelievers called the Qur'an or referred to the Qur'an as shi'r, poetry. They said it is no more than poetry. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered them in Surah Yasin, chapter 36, verse 69, شعر, That we have not taught him poetry. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he didn't teach his prophet, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, poetry. And it is not fitting that he should come to the people with poetry. He came with divine revelation, not poetry. إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ وَقُرْآنٌ مُّبِينٌ It is no more, or it is in reality ذِكْرٌ, a reminder, and it is قُرْآنٌ مُّبِينٌ A clear recitation, a clear recital. That which the Prophet ﷺ brought, it is not poetry, it is قُرْآنٌ مُّبِينٌ ذِكْرٌ وَقُرْآنٌ مُّبِينٌ It is a reminder and the clear recitation. So here the Shaykh says that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala denied or negated the Qur'an being poetry and affirmed that in fact it is a recital Qur'an then there remains no unclarity or doubt to the one who possesses the least amount of intellect that the Qur'an that is referred to in all of these places it is in fact the Arabic book which contains words and letters and verses because were it not so, if it didn't contain words and verses and letters, they would not have been able to make a claim that it was poetry. Because poetry consists of words. 
if they claim that it was poetry, then for sure the Qur'an was indeed words in order for them to at least be able to make their false claim. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negated it being poetry and confirmed it being revelation from himself. Then Al-Imam Ibn Qudama goes on in point number 29 to mention the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 23. وَهِنْ كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبٍ مِمَّا نَزَّلْنَا عَلَىٰ عَبَدِنَا He is addressing the disbelievers saying that if you are in doubt concerning what we have revealed to our servant, if you are in doubt concerning what we have sent down upon our servant, then bring or produce a chapter similar or like it. Bring just one chapter similar to that which the Prophet brought to the people. And bring your witnesses or helpers other than Allah to help you to produce a chapter, one chapter like the Quran in Kuntum Sadiqeen if you are indeed truthful. I mean, if they were truthful in their claim that the Quran is not divine revelation, then let them meet the challenge of producing one chapter like any chapter, even the smallest chapter of the Quran three or four verses, it's only a few words, containing only a few words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenged them to produce even one little chapter similar or equal to the Qur'an. And they were unable to meet the challenge until today after 1400 years. Here the Shaykh says that it is not possible and it is not expected that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would challenge them to bring or to produce the likeness of something which is unknown and it is not possible for the intellect to know. Yani the Qur'an obviously was something that was known to the people. It was a book that they saw, they heard and they read and it was a reality that they knew about and they were able to understand it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenged them to produce something similar to it or equal to it. In point number 30, Al-Imam Ibn Qudama rahimahullah says uh, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Yunus Chapter 10, verse 15. وَإِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُنَا بَيِّنَاتِ That if or when our uh, clear verses are recited to them, قَالَ الَّذِينَ لَا يَرْجُونَ لِقَاءَنَا اِعْتِي بِقُرْآنٍ غَيْرِ هَذَا أَوْ بَدِّلْهُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when the clear verses of the Qur'an are recited to them, those who have no hope of the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yani those who disbelieve, who don't believe that there is a day of judgment, who don't believe that there is a day of resurrection, who don't believe that they are going to stand and give account to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they said, الَّذِينَ لَا يَرْجُونَ لِقَاءَنَا Those who have no hope of the meeting with us, who don't believe that they will be called to account, they said, اِعْتِي بِقُرْآنٍ غَيْرِ هَذَا Bring a Qur'an bring a recital or a recitation or a reading other than this one. Bring us something else. Or replace it, bring another one in place of it. And here, this is also a confirmation that the Qur'an was something that was recited and it was known to them. They said, bring us a different recital other than this one. Or replace it, bring a replacement for it. And then Allah subhanahu wa says, قُلْ مَا يَكُونُ لِي Allah told the Prophet say to them, قُلْ مَا يَقُولُ لِي أَنْ أُبَدِّلَ أَنْ أُبَدِّلَهُ مِنْ تِلْقَاءِ نَفْسِي That it is not right, it is not 
I mean possible or permissible that I may replace it and bring something from myself. I don't have the right to bring anything from myself in Atabiru illa ma yuha ilayya inni akafu in asaytu rabbi azab yawmin azim. So I only follow that which has been revealed to me and I fear that if I disobey my Lord a punishment that will take place on a great day. Yani the Prophet sallallahu here admitted that he only follows that which has been revealed to him and he, is not, he doesn't have the ability to bring something else or to replace it. It is that which is revealed to him from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here in this verse Allah affirms that the Qur'an consists of ayat. وَإِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُنَا If it is revealed to them, or when it is revealed to them, our ayat, then they said bring something else. So here is the confirmation that the Qur'an consists of ayat or verses that are recited or that were recited to the people. In point number 31, Al-Imam Ibn Qudama says, or he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Anqabut, chapter 29, verse 49, بَلْ هُوَ آيَاتٌ بَيِّنَاتٌ فِي سُدُورِ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمِ it is, يعني the Qur'an ayatun bayinatun. It is clear verses. في صدور الذين أوتوا العلم And it is in the heart of those people who have been given knowledge. يعني here some of the scholars of tafsir said that these clear ayat, ayatun bayinat, it is proofs of the prophethood of Muhammad sallallahu And those proofs were known to the Ahl Kitab, the people before, the Christians and Jews, because in their scriptures that were revealed to them, the prophecy of the coming of Muhammad وسلم, the last of the Prophet's messages was mentioned. Here, they mention that these ayats are in the hearts, in the hearts of those who are given knowledge. Also the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Waqiyah, chapter 56, verse 77 through 79, Concerning the Qur'an, إِنَّهُ لَقُرْآنٌ كَرِيمٌ That verily, it is a noble recital. في كتاب مكنون And it is in a well-guarded or preserved book. لا يمسه إلا المطهرون And no one touches it except those who are purified. And the scholars differed with so many different opinions concerning the meaning of المطهرون. In any case, the most correct opinion is that uh, here it is referring to Allah al-Mahfuz. Yani, إِنَّهُ لَقُرْآنٌ كَرِيمٌ Where it is the noble Qur'an, فِي كِتَابِ الْمَكْنُونَ That is, the Qur'an is in a preserved or guarded tablet, meaning Allah al-Mahfuz. لَا يَمُسُّهُ أو لَا يَمُسُّهُ إِلَّا مُتَحَرُونَ No one will touch it. Who here refers back to Allah al-Mahfuz or كِتَابِ الْمَكْنُونَ No one touches it except the purified, meaning the angels. In any case, here it is also mentioned يعني, that the Qur'an is a recital and it is protected and preserved in Allah al-Mahfur. Then, Al-Imam Ibn Qudam rahimahullah goes on to show that the Qur'an also consists of letters, that it is actually letters, huruf, that are written, and he mentions a number of proofs, and there are many, many more than what he mentions here from Surah Maryam, chapter 19, verse 1, Kaf, Ha, Ya Ain Saad. These letters which came in the beginning of the number of surahs of the Qur'an are letters. And they are not complete words but are separate letters. And they are part of the Qur'an which is a clear proof that the Qur'an consists not only of chapters and verses and words but also it consists of individual letters. 
also from Surah Ashura, chapter 42, verse 1, Hamim, Ain, Sin, Qaf. These also are those letters, Al-Huruf, Al-Muqatta'ah, those letters which sometimes open or commence chapters of the Qur'an. Here the Sheikh, or the Imam, Ibn Qudama, says that such letters as Hamim, Alif Lamim, and so on, these letters begin 29 chapters of the Qur'an, such letters. And this is a proof that the Qur'an consists of letters. In point number 33, Imam Ibn Qudama, rahimahullah, mentions the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam مَنْ قَرَأَ الْقُرْآنَ فَأَعْرَبَهُ فَلَهُ بِكُلِّ حَرْفٍ مِنْهُ عَشْرَ حَسَنَاتٍ But whoever reads the Qur'an and pronounces it clearly and properly then he will have for every letter that he reads of it ten hasanat, ten good deeds for every letter وَمَنْ قَرَأَهُ وَلَحَنَ فِيهِ فَلَهُ بِكُلِّ حَرْفٍ حَسَنَةٍ And whoever reads the Qur'an but لَحَنَ فِيهِ يعني distorts it or يعني errors in the recitation or in the pronunciation of the Qur'an then he will still receive the reward of one good deed for every letter however this hadith is not authentic it is not sahih uh, it is narrated in the Al-Awsat of Al-Umam Al-Tabarani but that hadith has been declared by many of the scholars as being very very weak in any case we have also included here another hadith whose, whose meaning is very similar. Uh, the meaning is very similar, and that hadith is Sahih, the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu, in which he reported that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, "Man qara'a harfan min kitabillahi falahu bihi hasanatun." That whoever reads a letter from the book of Allah then he will have a hasana or a good deed written or recorded or given to his credit. وَالْحَسَنَةُ بِعَشَرِ أَمْثَالِهَا And every hasana that he gets for each letter, it will be equal or will be multiplied to ten hasana or ten good deeds similar to that one. So that whoever reads one letter will get a hasana and that hasana that he will get the record or the credit of one good deed would actually be multiplied or equal to ten good deeds similar to that one. وَلَا أَقُولُ أَلَفْ لَا وَلَكِنْ And here the Prophet وسلم, said, and I don't mean that Alif لَا or any word in the Qur'an that consists of letters, that that word is a letter. He means that every single letter in every word, it counts as a separate letter and it is given credit for a hasana which is equal to ten hasanat yani for every letter you will get the reward of ten good deeds and this is recorded in the sunnah of At-Tirmidhi and it was declared to be sahih by Shaykh al-Bani uh, in his checking of al-Jami al-Saghir and al-Mishkat al-Masabi <coughs> then the Shaykh mentions or al-Imam al-Muqadam mentions in point number 34 فقال عليه الصلاة والسلام and he that is the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said اقرأوا القرآن read the Quran this is a command اقرأوا القرآن read the Quran قبل أن يأتي قوم يقيمون حروفها أو حروفه إقامة السهم read the Quran before the coming of a people who would straighten the letters the letters of the Quran 
like the straightening of an arrow. I mean, they would read the Quran with much emphasis on the pronunciation, emphasis on pronunciation of the letters in the same way that a person when straightening an arrow, or as they used to do in those days, they used to give a lot of care to the straightening of the arrow that they were going to use for hunting or for war. So also there is going to come people who would recite the Quran with great emphasis in recitation. Great emphasis in recitation. And we found today that there are those reciters who don't practice anything of the Qur'an, but they are the most beautiful of reciters. They give great emphasis to recitation, and for the implementation is absent. Here the Prophet ﷺ made clear what he meant by this. He said those who would uh, make straight the letters of Qur'an like the straightening of an arrow, لا يجاوزوا تراقيهم their recitation wouldn't go beyond the throat. It would just be mere recitation. It is just words that they are pronouncing, but as for practicing it, it is not there. But they would hasten to get its reward, meaning in this world, the reward for the recitation. Some of them are taking big salaries in order to recite Quran, funerals, and other acts of innovation. They would hasten to take the reward for the recitation, but they would not leave anything for the future, in the hereafter. There would be no reward for them in the next life. Because the Quran is meant to be recited as a guidance, as a warning, as a reminder. Most importantly, it is meant to be implemented in our lives. It is not just meant to be recited for the pleasure and enjoyment of the people, but it is meant to be recited as a guidance and a warning and an inspiration and that which should be implemented in our lives. Then Al-Imam Ibn Qudam mentions in point number 35, وَقَالَ أَبُوْ بَكْرُ وَعَمَرُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا May Allah be pleased with both of them. إِعْرَابُ الْقُرْآنِ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْنَا مِنْ حَفْظِ بَعْضِ حُرُوفِهِ That إعراب of the Qur'an, properly pronouncing the Qur'an is more beloved to us than memorizing some of its letters. And this statement is also considered by the scholars of hadith to be weak, it is da'if. And the point number 36, وَقَالَ عَلِي رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مَنْ كَفَرَ بِحَرْفٍ مِّنْهُ يعني whoever disbelieved in even one letter from the Qur'an مَنْ كَفَرَ بِحَرْفٍ مِّنْهُ فَقَدْ كَفَرَ بِهِ كُلِّهِ And that person has disbelieved in the whole of it. Whoever disbelieves in one letter of the Qur'an, they have disbelieved in the whole of the Qur'an. And this is the proof that the letters of the Qur'an, that the Qur'an is letters, and every letter of it must be believed in. Then he says in point, uh, and this statement is Sahih, it is an authentic statement of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. In point number 37, Imam ibn Qudam says, اتفق المسلمون على عد صور القرآن وآياته وكلماته وحروفه that the Muslims are in agreement upon the number of chapters of Quran its verses, its words and its letters and even though we might find that some of the scholars have differed concerning the number of ayats in the Quran or number of words or letters in the Quran it is due to technical reasons, not due to there being anything added or taken from the Qur'an, but sometimes some ayats were broke up into two ayats where others read it as one ayat. But there is nothing added to the Qur'an, and this is the meaning of what Al-Imam Ibn Qudama is saying here, 
that nothing has been added to it or taken from it. Yani the number of verses and chapters and words and letters of the Quran are agreed upon, meaning that nothing has been added to it, nor has anything been taken from it. The last point, Alimam Ibn Qurana mentioned, point number 38, وَلَا خِلَافْ بَيْنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ فِيَنَّ مَنْ جَهَدَ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ سُورَةً أو آية أو كلمة أو حرفا متفقا عليه أنه كافر وفي هذا حجة قاطعة على أنه حروف. There is no difference between the Muslims Muslims that whoever denies or rejects from the Quran one chapter, one verse, one word, or even one letter, whoever denies even one letter of the Quran, it is agreed upon. It is agreed upon amongst the Muslims that a person is a disbeliever. And this is a conclusive and final proof of the fact that the Qur'an not only consists of chapters and verses and words, but also consists of letters. Shaykh Muhammad ibn Sa'ad al-Uthaymeen mentions in his commentary concerning these points, number one, Al-Qur'an haruf wa kalimat, that the Qur'an consists of letters and words. The Qur'an consists of letters and words, as has been mentioned by the author, that is Al-Imam Ibn Qudam, rahimahullah, and, uh, the, and here he has mentioned eight proofs of that. In point number 28 he mentioned that the disbelievers said that it was shirab or poetry, and it is not permissible or possible to describe it as being poetry, except that it must have been in the form that poetry came in, yani including letters and words. In point number 29, he mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala challenged those who denied the Qur'an, who rejected or disbelieved in it, he challenged them to bring or to produce something similar to it, even one surah similar to it. And if it didn't consist of letters and words, then how could he have made a challenge to them to bring something similar to it? Number three, in point number 30, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed us that the Qur'an is recited. It was recited to the people, and this is mentioned in Surah Al-Yunus, as we mentioned in chapter 10, verse 15, وَإِذَا تُتْلَ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُنَا بَيِّنَاتٍ That when our clear verses are recited to them, those who have no hope in the meaning of Allah said, bring a Qur'an other than this, or replace it, or bring a replacement for it. Uh, and nothing is recited except that it consists of letters and words. In point number 31 of knowledge. Uh, and that it is written in the lawh al-mahfur. And that it is written in the preserved tablet that is above the heavens with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani the lawh al-mahfur from which all of the revelations that was sent to the prophets, including the Injil or Gospel that was sent, sent to Isa, Jesus, peace be upon him, or the Torah that was revealed to Musa, Moses, السلام, or the Sufi, Ibrahim, the scriptures that were revealed to Ibrahim, and so on. All of the scriptures that were revealed to the prophets and messengers, they were contained in Allah al-Mahfur. And here the Shaykh mentions uh, the ayah in Surah Al-Anqabut, chapter 29, verse 49, that بَلْ هُوَ آيَاتٌ بَيِّنَاتٌ فِي صُدُورِ الَّذِينَ عُوتِ الْعِلْمِ That it is clear, decisive verses in the hearts of those who have knowledge. And the other ayah in Surah Al-Waqiyah, 
chapter 56, 77 and 79. Uh, but he says that nothing is memorized or written except that it must contain letters and words. This is also proof of the Quran contains letters and words. The fact that it is preserved, that it is memorized, and that it is written is a proof that it consists of letters and words. In point number 33, he mentioned the saying of the Prophet that the reward for those who recite the Qur'an, the reward for reciting even one letter, they will get ten rewards. Uh, and in point number 35, the saying of Abu Bakr and Umar, that whoever makes a'rab of the Qur'an, or making a'rab of the Qur'an, pronouncing it properly, uh, it is more beloved to us than memorizing some of its letters. But we said that that statement is not authentically related to Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhuma, but a proof that is similar to them is in point number 36, the statement of Ali radiallahu anhu, that whoever disbelieved in one letter of the Qur'an, they have disbelieved in the whole of it, which is a proof that the Qur'an consists of letters. And point number 38, the final point that Sheikh says, that there is ijma or consensus of the Muslims, as has been narrated by Alimah ibn Qadam rahimahullah, that whoever denies or rejects one chapter, one verse, one word or one letter of the Qur'an that is agreed upon that that person is a disbeliever. Uh, then he says that the chapters of the Qur'an are 114 and from amongst them are 29 which commence or begin with those individual letters, al-huruf and muqatta Then the shaykh says, awsaf al-Qur'an. Also contained in these points is a number of descriptions of the Qur'an, and from amongst those descriptions he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described the Qur'an, the noble Qur'an, uh, with, very, with many great descriptions. The author, Al-Imam Ibn Qudam, rahimahullah, has mentioned the following. In point number 26, he mentioned that the Qur'an is Kitabullah al-Mubin. It is the clear book of Allah. That means that it explains clearly, or it brings out clearly, uh, the ahkam, the laws and rules which are contained in it, which Allah revealed, as well as the news or information of the previous nations and of future events. Kitab Allah al-Mubin, it means that whatever is in it of rules and regulations and information is clear. In point number 26, he described it as, إِنَّهُ حَبْدُ اللَّهِ It is the strong rope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means that it is something that is very strong. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it as something that we can hold on to. It is something, a reason or a cause or a means that we can hold on to in order to reach him and to receive the success and the honor that he has for those who obey him. And yani the Qur'an is that which we can grab onto and hold it as a strong rope in order to reach our destination that is the success and the honor which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offers in his paradise for those who believe and obey him. In point number 27 he mentions that it is Surah Muhkamat, that it contains clear and decisive chapters that is, those chapters which are clear, some of those chapters, yani, they are individual chapters being separated from others. Yani, they are chapters, each chapter is separate, yani, independent in and of itself, and also it is clear and decisive in the information that it has brought. And that it has no defects or shortcoming in it. 
Number four, he says in point number 27, the Quran has been described as ayat, bayinat, clear verses that means that they are obvious signs. In the verses of Quran, they are obvious signs, hints and proofs of the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah is unique and alone in His right to be worshipped. And that He is unique and alone in His perfect names and characteristics. Uh, the perfection of His characteristics and also the goodness of His laws is clearly indicated in the ayat of the Quran. Number five, the Quran has also been described as muhkam and mutashabih. That is, the muhkam are those things, those verses whose meaning is very, very clear. It doesn't have the possibility of being understood in more than one way. There is no doubt about it. They are clear and decisive verses, while there are other verses, mutashabih, those whose meaning is not so obvious. Perhaps many of the people cannot detect this meaning, but the people of knowledge, the scholars whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, makes it for them to do so, are able to understand it. Um, and also, the meaning of mutashabiha is that it is possible that there are verses in the Qur'an which have more than one possible meaning. Uh, and point number uh, six, or the sixth description of the Qur'an is in point number 27. لا يمكن أن يأتي الباطل من أي جهة. يعني that the Quran is al-haq, it is the truth, and it is not possible that any falsehood may reach it or overcome it from any direction. And this is mentioned in Surah Al-Fusalat, chapter 41, verse 42, that no falsehood can reach it from in front of it or behind it. It is a revelation from Hakim, the wise, Hamid, praiseworthy. The seventh description is that which is mentioned in point number 28. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is free of those disbelievers who describe his Quran or his speech as poetry. And here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, as the author mentioned in Surah Yasin, chapter 3669, that we haven't taught him, that we haven't taught him, meaning the Prophet some poetry, and it is not fitting for him that he be taught so, but verily this Quran, it is a reminder and a Qur'an Mubeen, a clear recitation. And also the other verses in Surah Al-Mudassir, chapter 74, verse 24, 25, and 26, that this is, إِنْ هَذَا That they say this is no more than magic, which has an effect. إِنْ هَذَا إِلَّا بَشَرٍ That this is no more than the speech of a human. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threatened them with his saying, that he will cause them to enter the hellfire. And the last and final description that Imam Ibn Qudama mentions for the Quran is in point number 27 that it is marriages. Yani it is the Quran, the speech of Allah, has a miraculous nature. Yani it cannot be duplicated. It is not possible for anyone to produce the like of it. Even if they sought help, all of the creatures, human and jinn, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Isra, chapter 17, verse 88, that if they had all come together, human and jinn, to produce the likeness of this Qur'an, they would never be able to produce it, even if some of them helped others. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, shadwan la ilaha ila anta staghfiruka wa atubu alayk. This is the end of this chapter. If there are any comments or questions or corrections, let me take them now in the time that is remaining.
This is not just a legal ruling. But also we should know that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. It is the book of Allah. It is the perfect guidance. It is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it, it, it has no imperfection or shortcoming in it. Whoever denies one word of it, that means they are saying that, they, that the Qur'an is imperfect. Whoever rejects one word of it, then they are rejecting something that came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To, to reject or to disbelieve even one word of the Qur'an is to reject the whole of the Qur'an and therefore that person is declared to be a disbeliever. If someone doesn't understand something in the Qur'an, then they shouldn't deny what they don't understand, but they should ask those who know. فَاسْأَلُوا أَحْلُوا ذِكْرَ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعَلَمُونَ If you don't know, ask the people who know. Don't deny something because you don't understand it. Because the intellect cannot understand it, we shouldn't deny it. But we should ask those who know, if it appears to be contradictory, there is no contradiction in the Qur'an. If it was from other than Allah, you would have found it many contradictions. But there is no contradiction in the Qur'an. If ever we read something in the Qur'an that appears to be a contradiction, then we should ask the people of knowledge so that they will clarify it for us, so that we don't fall into the position or the condition of denying one word of the Qur'an, or one verse of the Qur'an, or one letter of the Qur'an, which is an act of disbelief. Any uh, final comments or questions before we leave? Time. Yes, Fadlan. <laughs> Without performing ablation, can we read the Qur'an? Uh, I think we discussed this in detail before, a long time ago. We will say that uh, the majority of the scholars held the opinion that a person should be in a state of Sahara to touch the Qur'an, to touch the Qur'an, not to recite the Qur'an. Uh, and therefore, if a person wants to touch the Qur'an, it is preferable that they should be in a state of Sahara, either by making wudu or ghusl according to their condition. The person who is in a major state of impurity, for example, the one who has sex relations with their spouse, they have to make a ghusl to be in a state of Sahara. The one who yani, invalidated their wudu by urinating or defecating or passing wind, they have to make wudu in order to re-enter the state of Sahara. According to the opinion of the majority, the person should make a ghusl or wudu in order to enter the state of Sahara before touching the Qur'an. Also, recitation of the Qur'an is preferable, is commendable also, that to recite the Qur'an you should be in the state of Sahara, but it's not mandatory. And in fact, actually, if we have the time to research this issue in detail, we will find that the more correct opinion that's based on evidence and more authentic proof is that it's not required to be in the state of Sahara to read the Qur'an or to touch the Mus'haf. Even though it is the minority opinion, but it is the more correct opinion and the evidence supports And the evidence of those who say you have to be in the state of Sahara are either one of two types. It is either an ayah of the Qur'an as the ayah that we mentioned which is not clearly referring to what they claim it is referring to. They said that, no one will touch it. إِلَّا الْمُطَهَّرُونَ They said it means the Mus'haf, but actually it's referring to Allah Mahfuz. It is either of this type of evidence that it is authentic, but it is not clearly referring to what they are saying. Or it is a hadith which likewise might be authentic, but not clear. Or a hadith which might be clear, but not authentic. There are some hadiths which clearly indicate that no one may touch the Qur'an except they are in the state of Sahara, but they are not authentic. There is no authentic hadith saying so. The hadith that they have used to prove, they are all weak. So either there is a proof which is sahih, it is authentic, but not sorry, it is not clear, 
clearly indicating the point that they are saying that you have to be in a state of heart to touch the Qur'an. Or it is sarih, clear but not sahih, not authentic. So the more correct opinion, and Allah knows best, is that it's not really a requirement to be in a state of Sahara, but in any case, it is the majority opinion, and it is preferable out of respect of the Qur'an that a person should be in a state of Sahara as long as they are capable and able to do so. If they are not able to do so, and they want to read the Qur'an, inshallah, there is no harm in doing so. And Allah knows best. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. 